You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset, and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, welcome to my mom's podcast. Hey friends, welcome back. Are you ready to create a profitable service-based personal brand and business? Download my brand new workbook and you'll learn my signature six-step process to create a successful business with less hustle and more ease. It's got easy action steps ready to implement into your business immediately so that you can start creating a business that you love. Head over to bit.ly backslash attract and stand out online to download your workbook today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I'm your host, Darling Holly, and I am so thrilled you're here because you are in for a treat. I have with me today one of my amazing friends, Desiree Musselman. She is a certified coach and professional trainer. She specializes in growing new to mid-level managers to help them grow their leadership skills and help them take their business from good to great. She's trained uh, corporately with over 3,000 hours of presenting on focusing in on um, career development, emotional intelligence, and stress management. And I know we're gonna have an awesome conversation because I love it when I actually know my guests and I can take us down all kinds of fun rabbit holes. So Desiree, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Darlene. I'm excited to be here. I am so- Finally. (laughs) Yes, right? We've been trying to do this episode for at least probably two years, maybe a year, but it feels like forever because you know, pandemic time, you know, the years and the days all blend together. And we really don't know how long it's been (laughs) because of that. (laughs) Like I was talking to somebody the other day and I was trying to think back on like a timeline for something. And I was like, it feels like forever ago. And then when I really looked at it, it was like six months. And I'm like, I would have thought it was like three or four years. (laughs) I'm like, time perspective has been completely warped. (laughs) But I am so thrilled you're here. And um, to get us kicked off, I would love for you to share a little bit about your background. Like, how did you come into this amazing work that you do helping support these leaders? I, it's a long story that I will give the abbreviated version of. Um, I got into leadership a long, long time ago. Um, I'm going to sound really old when I say this, but my first leadership position was probably when I was 21. Um, And I don't tell this story very often, but I actually, my very first supervisor position was working for Barnes and Noble Cafe, um, running that. And um, I did that for quite a while, working a couple jobs at the same time. And the leadership at the time, like, wasn't super uh, mentoring, like they're just, they weren't good at coaching and developing. Um, and I was like, you know what, I don't think I want to do leadership. And then I eventually went into, um, I, I started working for a company that was in the construction industry and I was there for about a year and a half, maybe two. 
And by this time I was 25, 26. And they gave me my first leadership role for the company. And I actually had like 68 people underneath me. It was some ridiculous number for the first time managing people. Like it, it was insane. And it was really hard because I had a lot of chips on my shoulders. I had the chip of being young and most of the people that work there were much older. Um, I had the chip of being a woman because there was, I think at that time I had three women that worked underneath me and in that industry, especially back then, I mean, this is 18 years ago, they were still hiring pretty girls to work in the showrooms, to work with homeowners. Um, and they hired guys to do everything else. So, and it was, it was known as a draw. Like that's what we hired women to do. We didn't hire women to do sales or land big contracts. We hired them to be the face of like the pretty stuff for the homeowners. So they felt more comfortable. And uh, I did not take that route in my career in leadership. I worked with all the guys and the contractors and the plumbers. And um, I had a lot of different pieces in leadership that was really difficult. And that led to me working with a coach that worked for the company. And that was in 2008. And it was unfortunate how it happened because it wasn't just that I needed help. It was that my boss at the time and I were not getting along due to some personal issues and he wanted to um, fix me, right? It's like the old adage for why people went into leadership coaching or coaching in, in work. Yeah. And <laughs> after about three sessions, my coach went, <laughs> said something to the, the effect of, I'm not seeing any of these issues that were brought to me as to why you need coaching. So what do you want coaching on? Like you have me for six months. How can I help you? And, um, that was like, a, it was life-changing and I ended up getting into coaching and learning how to coach my teams. And I did a lot of that. And I went into training for leadership development, um, for several years for the company. And after that, a lot of um, vendors were asking me to help them and that were external to the company. And I ended up going out on my own um, and creating my own company, Desired Effects Coaching and training where I work with amazing leaders that want to make very effective teams and help fulfill, you know, life desires and everything for their teams and themselves. So that's the shortened version, as short as I can make it. <laughs> <laughs> the cliff note version. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's super interesting because I think so many coaches that I talk to, I talk to a ton of coaches um, and that's a lot of our stories, right? It's because we are natural helpers. We're givers. We love to explore. We're curious by nature. Like those things start to come out. And I can imagine like that time when like you went to your first coach, like you're like, Oh, like, Hmm. Like, I'm sure you got curious on that backside too, which is what catapulted you into really being that person that other people started coming to and seeing as the leader who could help and support them. I know when I think back to retail management, I never had even heard the word coaching, if I'm honest, when I was in retail management. And it was when I was 
I had already left um, retail and I was a loan officer for a minute. And then I found business coaching and I was like, Ooh, I was like, I've been doing this my whole entire life. I'm like, why did I not know it had a name? How did I not know that coaching was an industry that I could even get into? And so as I got curious about like what coaching looked like and what that was, I was, I had all these aha moments. I'm like, Oh yeah, I was coaching in high school because all my friends and even people that I wouldn't even consider my friends, like acquaintances were always like, let's go to Darlene. She'll know what to do. She'll, she'll help us figure this out. <laughs> and then, you know, fast forward, however many years, almost 16 years I've had my business now. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, that's just kind of naturally who I am. I'm super curious. Um, and I, I'm noticing, I was just saying, I was talking with somebody the other day. I was like, my daughter is really nosy, AKA curious. I'm like, I bet you <laughs> she's going to be a coach one day too. <laughs> probably she's got that skill set already being built into her (laughs) yeah well and it was a little different for me because I I was doing that since high school people came to me um that was part of the challenges I had as a leader and it switched from giving advice or correcting and fixing everybody's problems that's what coaching really gave me was learning how to help people develop their own skills And I didn't even want to be a coach. Even after I was coached, I didn't want to be a coach. I didn't want to be the go-to person. And as I went through my career, because I really wanted to get into upper management, as I went and I moved up through the company, uh, I realized because I didn't get a lot of opportunities for development in my leadership. And what's, this is hysterical. You'll find this really funny. I used to get invited to leadership development trainings. And it was the same one over and over again. And the third time I got invited to it, I actually asked the trainer at the time, I'm like, hey, am I doing something wrong? Like, am I not understanding the content and putting it to practice? Like, I feel like I'm doing well. Why why do I keep getting invited? And they said to me, well, we needed somebody that we knew would have the answers and not be afraid to speak up. And that's why we keep inviting you. And that's when I realized I was like, this is not how I want to interact, like new and mid-level leadership shouldn't be one, not given opportunities to grow and develop and be trained. Right. And the second piece is, is the people that are doing well, shouldn't be used to help build that. They should be given more to be able to grow and hone their skills even higher, not be held back because they already know the answers and take that time up. Right. That's what really caused me to start going. I want, I want to do something different. I want to be a part of something where these new and mid-level leaders get help because the executive team gets a ton of training, a ton of coaching, a ton of development and the new and mid-level, if they get anything, it's, it's kind of mediocre and it's not really helpful. So that was the piece that really pushed me into coaching and training. Yeah. And I can imagine like we're, we're becoming more aware as a, as a society, like so many things, I feel like, um, our eyes have been opened a lot over the past few years, like between, you know, mental health issues during the pandemic, from the pandemic, from past traumas, Mm -hmm. from social justice issues to politics. Like there's so many things that for whatever reason, we wanted to play ostrich and like put our head in the sand and act like it we didn't, we didn't have a voice, so we weren't going to say anything. And now we're finally, you know, woken up to where we're able to see things and say things. And we finally got this, um, we're positioning ourselves more so that we can be the leader. We can see things and say things and, you know, we can't accept how things have been in the past. Like when you think about the leaders that you're working with and the organizations that you're coming into, 
Like, what are some of the things that you're hearing for how they're starting to finally realize, like, we need to give everybody in this organization support because, wow, like the amazing things that happen when every level is getting great leadership skills and like we're teaching them new techniques and having conversations we never had before. Like, what are some of those shifts that you've seen in that market space look like? You know, it's really funny because you can almost put it into two buckets, there is leadership, the higher up leadership that really embraces it and makes it a part of it. And it's usually because they experienced it going up through the ranks themselves. And they understand how beneficial it was for them when they were new and mid-level to get that support. And then you have the other bucket that was like, I didn't get that. So why should I get like, I didn't need it. <laughs> Right. Like I clawed my way up. I, you know, I did everything I needed to do. I went out and got personal development on my own or, you know, whatever it was, that stuff wasn't handed to me. Why should I have to hand it? It's going to show, you know, it's going to pull the cream off the top. Like there's all these sayings that we've all heard yeah. that leadership yeah. says about why they shouldn't have to help support somebody. And I have found even those companies that their leadership is trying to change that mentality when you do come in and they're like gung-ho, we're going to go coaching, we're going to do developmental stuff and we're going to do DISC and 360s and we're going to do all of these things to help our leaders. Six months to a year down the line, they're like, this isn't working. And it's because they haven't actually changed their attitude. They're providing all the things, but they're not, the culture hasn't changed. Because the culture still is, we're not really supportive. Yeah. We're going to give you everything and you got to figure it out on your own. This isn't a group function. So that's a lot of what I see in the workforce, um, especially in corporations. It's, you either have those internal values and beliefs that we support everybody as a team and that's the culture, or you're kind of fighting that culture. Yeah. What do you lives. see as like how you help shift them out of that process? Like, is there something that you've experienced or that you can think of that's really a part of that shift to help them see things differently from a different light? Because I'm sure you're having tons of conversations with people and they're like, well, we don't really need to do this or we don't really want to, but like, we've got, you know, $10,000, go play with this and see what you can do. And they don't really want to invest more. Like, how do you shift them to see it? Like for how it's not only going to help the employees and the teams, and the executives and the leaders, but it's actually gonna help the whole entire organization and the whole business is gonna make more money. It's gonna like pull forward so high from there. You know, it's one of those things um, where I'm kind of working on their timeline. So if I have those conversations, it's really gonna depend on how open they are in receiving them. Yeah. And you can uh -huh. usually tell that right off the bat. There's gonna be some people that just won't take it like they won't understand it they won't move forward with it they won't embrace that thought process um and sometimes you can help them but a lot of times what I'll do especially with like the upper leadership team is I'll start with them and work through 360s and I do I do a specific 360 it's not disc it's not you know Myers-Briggs or any of the the big personality I work through um an assessment called the energy leadership index, which talks about your perceptions of the world. And you're familiar with it. We've done it. 
and it it helps them understand how they're interacting so as we debrief it we go through and talk about their perceptions first and then we go through there's raid the raiders ratings of them and how they're being perceived by their people which i think is hugely helpful for that upper management to make that shift but if they don't connect with how they're interacting and they don't see how they're being perceived and how they're perceiving other people that shift is really hard to make so that's one of the tools that i have to help with building that change in a company so good i love when there's all these amazing tools in our toolbox right and like we're finding like the right ones that are going to work with the right types of people and with what the type of work we're trying to do and how we show up with that so i know it's powerful because there's so many options, right? <laughs> but finding the right ones that are going to fit us and like where we really want to see people and how we want to take them on that journey with us. Mm -hmm. So as you've grown this business, like you saw that you wanted to be a leader and you wanted to step out there, like you started your own business. Um, tell us a little bit about like what that journey has been like as you like positioned yourself as the leader and like not working inside somebody else's organization, but really, you know, spearheading it on your own. Um, it has been an experience. I think that's the best way to put it. It's, it hasn't been good or bad. I would say there's been ups and downs for sure. It was pretty scary because I started it in December of 2019 and we had the pandemic hit what five months later, <laughs> four months yeah. later. And I was already pretty much full circle into going into it. And it was interesting because I wasn't, it felt almost natural because everybody else was trying to pivot. And here I was starting a business. So it didn't seem like an uphill battle. It seemed like I was, I was having the same challenge everybody else was having. How do I pivot? How do I, you know, hit the ground running with everything that's being, that's changing. Um, and the first little bit was a little slow. I will admit it because everybody was afraid of spending money and they weren't worried about personal development. They were focusing on, you know, the change in their lives and, and those pieces. And some of the clients that I got in the very beginning were probably some of them, some of the most heart centered, passionate people that were down to earth. So it was amazing because these clients that I was working with, they weren't like, I have had no personal development. I'm stressed. I'm panicked. I'm, I'm dealing with all of this. They were like, I see the gift and opportunity, but I don't understand how to like actually take action on that. And that's what I want help with. And it was a totally different experience from what I had worked with in corporate before. So it's been amazing. There's been some really great things that have happened with building the business, there's been some downtimes and, you know, shifting of gears. It's crazy when you run your own business, that ability to pivot happens more than I think we're aware. And it, oh, it's, it's constant change. So that's been interesting because the company I worked for was constantly changing, changing, and everybody complained about it. Like, here we go again. Here's a new computer system. Here's a new this. Well, we're doing this differently. And it's, it's like that 18 years prepared me for my own business, right? It's one of those things I'm grateful for. So it, it's just, it's just been a ma an amazing experience, really. Yeah. What would you say has been like the best visibility strategy 
for you getting comfortable, like letting people see you, see the work that you're doing, putting yourself out there? Like, what does that look like? To me, uh, I would say it's really networking. It's face-to-face or as face-to-face as we can get right now, right? Um, It's having real big connection conversations has been the easiest for me. I'm not a big fan of social media. I hate writing with a passion, even though I show up for my articles every month. Um, Those are things I just don't enjoy doing. And I, I never did social media before the business really. I, you know, pop in and like things and, and stuff, but I wasn't posting. Um, and now it, it feels like that connection piece is really where I love to resonate. And it, I have amazing partnerships, um, friendships, um, referrals, everything that comes from those connections more so than anything I do elsewhere. And it's probably because I'm showing up as myself in those places and people are getting to know me versus, you know, just what my opinions are. I can actually have a conversation with them. That's why I love doing podcasts, right? It's a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important like to know too, like we, we all have our own strengths. We all have things that we're really good at. And like you mentioned, like you don't like writing, like, so why torture yourself? And you don't love social media. Like, so why torture yourself trying to create all this content on a platform that my community knows that I'm, I'm not a, like social media for me as a nurture, it's not a place to go and find new prospects. Like, do we occasionally find new prospects and clients from there? Probably. Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of it is nurturing. That's a place where we're showing up and we're like building that credibility and pe- letting people see like, Hey, I was featured on this podcast or, Hey, I'm speaking at this event or I'm doing this thing. It doesn't have to be like the only way that we show up. So finding ways. And I know like 70% of my business comes from referrals and connections in that way. So I love that you brought that into play because it's, it's almost like it's a fine art now. <laughs> Not everybody is as comfortable doing those connection pieces. And it's been challenging for some to figure out how to um, get seen and to put themselves in positions where people can um, get to know them and like them and trust them in those ways. So when you think about success and what that looks like for you as an entrepreneur, as a leader, what is like the first thing that comes to mind? Like what, what makes this a successful business or a successful practice for you? I love that question. Um, so to me, success looks like those moments when I get a note from a client and it's just, Hey, this was amazing. Or look at this conversation I had with one of my employees. I'm so excited about it. It's that piece that shows success for me. Um, I've had clients come back to me a year or two later and just go, Hey, um, I just had a guy I was helping, um, who I was coaching in corporate, he messaged me last week and he's like, Hey, I want to thank you for everything that you did for me four years ago because of the patience that you taught me and the coaching and development that you did with me. I'm now in my first leadership position. And that is because of you. Like I wanted to make sure I reached out and thanked you that, that stuff that shows success for me. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always 
like some everybody's definition of of success can look so different right like some people are focused on like how much money they're bringing in how much impact they're making um if they're having the flexibility in their schedule like there's so many ways that we can define that success and i think it's pretty cool that like the reward that comes from how we show up and how we support other people and that um we talk about this a lot in um, our conversations like that ripple effect that we mm -hmm. have in the world and how it makes such a huge imprint on other people's lives and we may not know what that is going to look like you know 10 years from now or two hours even but like when we show up and we speak up and we share what's on our hearts and we share you know our gifts with the world like it's it it ripples out and it impacts so many people when you think about like this next evolution of Desiree and like where you're taking your business and the work that you're going to do, like, what are some things that you would like to see? It's hmm. a great question. You know, I, I do so many different things and we talk about coaching and training, but it's such a broad conversation. There's so many things that I love to support companies with and individuals the coaching piece is amazing like i do a positive intelligence program that's eight weeks i do individual coaching i do group coaching um for leaders once a month there's all these different things that i do for coaching and there's also these things i do for training like creating training content for companies learning management systems that they plug in or you know coming in and doing speaking. I love doing um, speaking gigs, which I do for like Velocity Monthly, which is a women's group for leadership up in Canada. There's all these things. And I really think for the future, it's just being open to these opportunities and being able to support people how they need not just in the way that I want to, like, I still have boundaries around this stuff and when I work and who I work for and, you know, my ideal clients and all of that, but it's really just being open to the different experiences that I have and the skills I can gain from all of these different things that I do. That is probably the main focus, at least for the next four to five years, because who knows what I really want to land on with the company and narrow down at some point, maybe all I want to do is training, or maybe all I want to do is coaching, or maybe I just want to build training for other companies. You never know, but I want to experience as many things as I can in my niche and not like just put those blinders on so I can only see one path. I want to see what else is out there. Yeah, no. And I think that's important to notice too, like pay attention for ourselves as leaders and entrepreneurs, like we're on a, on a path to do something. And that may look exactly the same five years from now, or it could totally shift because as if we've learned nothing during the past two years, like paying attention and being aware and noticing when there's a shift in the market space. And, you know, there's so many companies that we can think back of that didn't pay attention. Like if you look at Blockbuster and different things like that, like sometimes we keep our eye off of where we're going and the world changes and we evolved and we expect more, we demand more and making sure that our businesses follow that trend and we are staying relevant for the work mm -hmm. that we're doing and how we're showing up. So I think that's an important reminder to, you know, there's so many pieces to it. There's like, what do I want to do? There's like, what do my clients need? 
Um, how can I best support? How can I best get this message out into the world? And like paying attention and knowing knowing when to um, ebb and flow or do the dance with what the world's bringing is so powerful. As we start to wrap up in a few minutes, we're gonna to go to rapid fire questions. But um, before I take us there, what's like some last thoughts? Like if you, if you could, if, if there's a leader listening right now and they know that there's something more they should be doing, there's, they wanna do more, they're not sure what that looks like. What, what would be like some first steps for leaders and entrepreneurs really like step into making sure that they're taking care of themselves and their teams? I would say really sit down and think about, um, what, what do you want from life? What, what moves you, what motivates you? And then what are some boundaries that you can put in place to make sure that you're getting that every day? Um, same thing with your employees. When you understand what motivates them and what they value, not just what you think or the company thinks about they value, it's a total game changer with fulfillment and engagement. So getting very clear on your desires, your hopes, your goals, your values, what you believe in will really help set you apart. And it will change everything that you're probably struggling with from work-life integration to frustrating conversations with employees or, you know, feeling like you have to manage up to your boss. Once you get clear on that, it, it's a total game changer and it can change much faster than you think it could. Awesome, great advice. Well, we're gonna jump into rapid fire questions because I love to get to know my guests just a little bit more. Um, tell me, are you binge watching anything on TV or binge reading anything at the moment? Ooh, that's a good question. So I've been binge watching Criminal Minds, which is an older show, but that, is probably my guilty pleasure because I wouldn't say it's the most well-written show, but it definitely allows me to like check out and like have still some of that, like, oh, that's intriguing curiosity pieces, right? And then binge reading, I've been really big into um, catching up on some Simon Sinek and catching up on some John Maxwell, which is interesting because I'm not- yeah. <laughs> John Maxwell, I mean, he, he was a minister for many years and I am not like anybody that knows me, I'm spiritual, but I am not religious. So seeing a different perspective, I love those things that kind of challenge my thought process and my beliefs, um, to see it from other people's perspectives. So, yeah. Very cool. And when you need a reset, reflect, recharge, what do you like to do? Where do you like to go? What does that look like for you? Ooh. Um, well, since moving to Utah in the past year, um, I haven't completely nailed that down yet. When I was in California, you just used to go to the Huntington library. Um, I had a membership there. I would go work there and that would help me reset and recharge here. Um, we have a personal sauna, so I will meditate for a little bit in there. Um, I will do some breathing exercises and that usually helps me reset and if that doesn't work, then I just try to get out in nature. So go for a hike, go for a walk. Um, it's beautiful here. So anywhere I go, it doesn't matter if I go for a walk on the street, like it's just gorgeous <laughs> everywhere. So that would be my ways of resetting. And if you could name one person who has made the biggest impact or influence in your life that you personally know or don't personally know, who would you say and why? 
That's a tough one to narrow it down to one person because there's been a lot um, of people that have really changed how I interact with people and myself. Um, but I'd probably have to say the person that has changed me the most for better or worse is probably my husband. Um, and just our interactions and the things that we've gone through and experienced together, both that have been, you know, amazing things and experiences and tragic events throughout our time together. Um, and just having that support, I would say he's probably the person that has motivated and changed me the most. Powerful. And if I could buy you a plane ticket to go anywhere in the world today, even though most places won't let you fly there, but that's a different story. Um, where would you go and why? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, you know, if I, sometime in my life again, I really want to go back to um, Switzerland for Christmas. And it's an experience that I would invite anybody to have because it's just amazing. It's beautiful. Everything is decorated in gold sparkle lights everywhere. Like Europe is just like that anyway. Um, but it's so calm and it's so inviting and it's just beautiful. And the weather, I mean, the whole, whole thing, it's like the perfect picturesque Christmas time, like that whole holiday experience. So that's what I would do again. I'll come with you. Let's make it a trip. <laughs> you should. You would love it. Let's do it. it. Sounds amazing. I'm like, all I can envision while you were talking was like, kind of like the Hallmark Christmas shows, like where it's like the cute little town and everything's like perfect and pretty. And like, there's just enough snow and everybody's happy. <laughs> it was amazing. And we even got, we met a couple from, um, from Canada and talked to them for three hours while we were eating fondue outside under heaters with these beautiful, like fur blankets and heated bean, like bean bags, actual bean bags. It was amazing. And we weren't even like cold. We were just so engrossed in it. The whole, I don't know, the atmosphere was just so inviting. So yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and my last question for you is when you hear the words attract and stand out, what does that mean to you? It means show up authentically, you know, there are people in the world that you are meant to meet and that are meant to meet you. And there's experiences that will happen if you allow that to happen and you will attract those people when you stand up and you understand who you are and you show that consistently. That's what really, that's what I hear when you say that. Yeah. I love that reflection. Desiree, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's always so fun to chat with you and hear more of your story. Um, people are going to want to connect with you. Where should they go? Where do you like to hang out? <laughs> so um, you can reach me at my website, which is desiredeffects with an e.com, uh, desiredeffectscoaching.com. Uh, you can also find me at LinkedIn. The company ad address is also Desired Effects Coaching or on Instagram at Desired Effects Coaching. Awesome. All those links will be below um, in the show notes. So make sure you check those out. Connect with Desiree, ask her questions, pick her mind. Um, 
Any last thoughts or anything you want to wrap us up with today? No, I just, I expected you to go heavier and harder on me because we do know each other. You went easy on me today. <laughs> I went easy. Yeah. I just wanted people to really get a chance to see you for who you truly are and hear a little of your story and about the amazing work that you're doing. And like Desiree is doing amazing things in the world. Like check her out, follow what she's up to, connect with her because her heart is huge and she has so much to give to this world. Thank you, everybody, for being here for another episode of the Attracted Santa podcast. Um, I will see you guys soon. And remember, I believe in you. You're allowed to stand out. You're allowed to shine. You're allowed to be you. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at darlingholly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.